Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Chess Study Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about just some visualization ideas to improve that skill, as well as tactical puzzles. Now, tactical puzzles were, I guess you could say, an integral part of me getting better at chess and a lot of people, but I've also heard some very conflicting information regarding tactical puzzles, and I've also had some kind of confusing and difficult times regarding tactical puzzles. All right, so let's jump into the first question, um, how to analyze chess games and how many tactics puzzles should we do every day? So to analyze chess games, I would say that things have really changed in the past really 10 years. And even when I was starting out, they, I guess they had changed at that point. Uh, but especially nowadays with things like Alpha Zero and uh, just very strong Stockfish, you know, 3,500 rated computers. These have really changed the game in terms of analyzing your own chess games. Because whereas before you really need to read books and understand the analysis of grandmasters to try to teach yourself and compare against their evaluation, which is still helpful. But nowadays, you can use the computer to evaluate your own games. And what that means is you play a game, and then you compare it to the objective evaluation of the computer, because it is very objective relatively today. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out where in your mind you went wrong thinking, and why you reached the wrong conclusion for that specific move. Uh, this is not easy work, I'll say, but you really need to do that over thousands of games to improve. And each little lesson, each little observation of where you went wrong adds up to really improve your accuracy of analysis. All right, so how many tactics puzzles should you do? Now, I'll say that when I started, I was kind of obsessed with tactics puzzles. I thought that they were kind of the holy grail that will, you know, a lot of strong players uh, like Jeremy Silman on the internet and uh, just so many really, you know, international masters, grandmasters would say, you know, don't waste your time just solving hours of tactics puzzles. And I would tend to agree with them at this point. And the reason for that uh, is a little more nuanced than I've heard, for me at least. So if you think about it, a really complicated six-move combination, what, what is that? Basically, it's a series of very basic tactical puzzles, and it's very rare uh, to combine each specific tactic in and of itself. So what you want to do is you want to study basic one to two move tactics, and you want to drill those so that you see them automatically. And that's all you should really be doing. Now, the reason for that, uh, up to a point, I'll say, is that if you, if you spend your time studying eight-move tactics and obsessing about really complicated uh, tactical combinations, then you're basically wasting your time because the chances of you seeing that tactic versus a one-move or two-move tactic is very low. And so you really have to focus on the 80-20 principle, which means you know 80% uh, of your effort is wasted, whereas the 20% that you do should be the most effective. And that really is one to two move tactics because you see those in every game all the time and you'll be surprised how really strong players will miss those tactics. And if you're incredibly good at them, which you'll notice players like Nakamura and Carlson and, you know, every level above your current level of chess, they are just a little better at 
at spotting and noticing those very simple tactics. It's not some genius idea that you missed. It's normally a basic tactical pattern that you either didn't know or you missed because you're just not focusing on what matters, which is the basics. All right, so how many tactics? I would recommend that you do, I would say, five to ten simple tactical puzzles, and that should really take no more than you know five or ten minutes. It should be a good warm-up, but really what you should be focusing on is either looking at Grandmaster games uh, to improve your analysis or to play your own games and analyze those. And the reason for that is because you know, a lot of people can get trapped in studying chess but not actually improving because they don't play. And the whole point of playing a game is, you know, to play. So I would say just get out there and spend, you know, the majority of your time playing and analyzing. All right, so let me get into two things that I think are really important in terms of visualization. Uh, for First, I'm going to say a question that uh, a reader or I guess a listener, or I guess a watcher, whatever you want to call it, they they wrote this. So they said, I have observed in my games that I am very bad at calculation and visual, visualization. I can't calculate if I'm going to have more material or if certain or if a certain move is going to be checkmate. How can we improve these skills? So this is two things that I think are not talked about uh, at all that I really heard. And you see really strong players are able to visualize the board in their head. So what does that mean? Well, that should really be the first thing that you learn is how to visualize the board. And actually, I want to read a quote by Sun Tzu. So Sun Tzu wrote The Art of War, and a really important quote as pertains to chess says, If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy... For every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. All right, so a lot of a lot of people use this. So a lot of people use this as pertains to analyzing and knowing your own chest strength, which is good. But I think this also pertains to the actual physical representation of the chessboard. Now, a lot of people will say they can't visualize a chessboard, and that's actually the biggest problem because if you can't visualize a chessboard, the battlefield, then you're not going to be able to accurately see what's happening in the game, even if it's right in front of you. So what I recommend to memorize a chessboard was something I learned in, or I just saw, I think I saw in the Rapid Chess Improvement book um, that was written a long time ago at this point. But what he recommended was to memorize the color of the square. And that really helped me uh, at one point get a very clear representation of the board. Now, you have to spend time over the board, of course, to really get the board in your mind. But, and it is a gradual process. You know, it's something that can be learned. Uh, At one point, I could play blindfold chess pretty accurately. And that was from memorizing the board, not from memorizing the pieces or anything else. Uh, And what you do is you can even make flashcards or something else, but ask yourself, what color is D5? Do you know that it's black? What color is E4? And what you want to do is you want to see that part of the board. Start with just four squares. You know, you can start with D4 and see the center. And then memorize and see in your mind what color the square is. If you don't know what color it is, you should first memorize what color it is, and eventually you'll see it as that color. 
And that will really help your mind to connect the entire board all over. And eventually you'll have the 8x8 board in your head. Uh, now, when I visualize some opening moves, which is another skill, is to just memorize four or five opening moves from an opening, say the Rai Lopez, you can visualize the pieces moving. For example, you could memorize uh, E2 to E4, going from a light square over the E3, the dark E3 square to E4, and then you actually think about the movement of the pieces. Uh, so you'd say E7 going to D5, which is black, and then knight to F3, uh, which is coming out to the light colored square, and then knight to C6. So which color is knight to C6? It's light. And so once you do this process and you start getting the board in your head, you'll actually notice that you see way more over the board and your visualization is incredibly clear. So what I'm talking about here is what a lot of people think tactics, solving a million tactics puzzles will get them. Um, but, you know, as I said before, I talked about the one and two move tactics because they occur way more and it's the 80-20 principle of chess. And what I just said about knowing the board is a very good thing. So those two things can really get you to quite a high level. You'd be surprised. Just solving basic tactics, playing and analyzing with a strong computer, and memorizing the board, or at least starting with the colors of the squares. So those three things were, I would say, things that I did. And, you know, I nobody told me any of these things. I kind of learned them just little hints here and there and finding what works, at least what worked for me. And I've seen some of my students have had success with them. And, you know, just I've, I've told people this stuff, you know, players that I've met and they've tried it and said, hey, that really does work. So I'm pretty confident that what I'm saying here is quite effective and very simple when somebody explains it to you. Uh, but I didn't really have that. So that's why, you know, I made this channel to just kind of talk about it in this podcast as well. All right. So that should be a three-part thing, basic tactics, one and two move. Now you can find these from anywhere. Um, the chess.com puzzle rush um, is quite good, I'd say. Unfortunately, the chess tactic server has been demolished from the internet. That was probably the best thing. Um, it was kind of a gamified uh, method of chess tactics, but you could really solve, you could set it to solve only one move tactics. Uh, that was quite fun to do and educational. Uh, but you could find them anywhere. You could find a set of two or three hundred, you know, one or two move puzzles from a book and drill those. And, you know, I would say don't be drilling really complicated tactics. You know, try to solve them at, at certain points uh, when you're improving, but don't become too obsessed with them. Another visualization exercise that I want to cover in this podcast is a night exercise that you can use to improve your visualization of night forks. Now, a lot of the other pieces, just based on the human brain, are a lot easier to see. You know, diagonal, rectangular patterns are just easier to notice than a night fork. Um, so what I would recommend is start with the night and visualize the board, if you can, or at least visualize a part of the board, and start on A1. Now, I'd ask you what color is A1, and you should be able to visualize that it is a dark square right? All right. So imagine a knight on a one 
and you want to get that knight to b1. All right, so you see the knight on a1, you want to move it to b1. And you just imagine how the knight moves and which squares it goes to. And I would say, imagine which color of the square the knight goes to and the path. So this knight path exercise is something that I think I read about on the internet or heard from maybe Jeremy Silman. Uh, but it's very effective at getting you to more uh, easily visualize night movements and night patterns, especially in games. And you really need to just imprint in your mind how the pieces move and the powers that they hold. All right, so if there's any questions about any of these exercises, please leave them in the comments. I know there's kind of a ton of information in this podcast. Um, I think that it could help whoever's willing to apply it greatly. And just to cover some other things outside of the podcast, uh, I think I'm going to leave this on YouTube for this week. If I can get it on SoundCloud, then I will and make it downloadable. Um, I will be out for uh, the next couple days until Wednesday is when I'll post my next video. And uh, let's see. So iTunes, I need to get an Apple ID. So I'm still working on that to get it on iTunes and set up the podcast there. And hopefully you can leave some more questions for next week's podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the future. Thanks for watching Chess Diagnostic. I encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell so you receive all the notifications when I release a new video. If you want to support the channel, you can do so through PayPal, cryptocurrency, or you could check out the Chess Diagnostic apparel shop where I have all kinds of designs that I made myself. Uh, for t-shirts, hoodies, and I'll add new designs weekly. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the future. Everywhere that you want to.